welcome everybody today to Vision Sunday 2.0. Vision Sunday 2.0. And today is a day where we're going to really uh, focus in on the vision that God's given us as a church. And uh, of course, we're talking about being involved in our Vision Builders program, uh, which is our funding program for our current and future facilities. Uh, I, I was telling Melbourne just recently about this, but Toby, some of you know Toby. Toby's a great young guy who got saved in our church and has gone on and become a leader. And when Toby was at school, uh, he used to wear glasses because he and he still wears glasses. He can't see very well. And uh, Toby was telling me at school he had a friend called Dwayne. And Dwayne was a little punk as a teenager. And so uh, whenever Dwayne would be around, he would steal Toby's glasses and run away and just pick on him and annoy him. And then eventually he'd find them and he'd get them back. And, but while, while, he, while he stole the glasses, he couldn't see properly. And then again, he'd get them back and then Dwayne would come along and he'd steal them again. Sorry, Melbourne, you've heard about this. And, so, and, and then eventually, and after a little while, you know, Toby was feeling pretty beaten up and, and, and messed up by this guy. But fortunately, Dwayne moved into another area and left his school. And Toby, he was fine with his glasses. And, and then he began to sing his favorite song. I can see clearly now Dwayne is gone. Come on. Come on. That's good. Even the second time I've told that, Melbourne, that's good. So today I want to help you see clearly about the vision of our church. Now Dwayne is gone. Come on. I, like, I actually like that. It's kind of good if you like, you like the jokes you tell. And the rain has left the Sunshine Coast, and I believe we're moving into a new season uh, for our church, and some things have cleared and gone. And so today I want to talk about our vision. Uh, this year is, uh, we, we kind of, you know, the beginning of the year, Vision Sunday, the first one, we talk about our vision and what our focus is for, 20, for the coming year, what our emphasis is. And this year, our vision is the uh, dream, is, what do we call it? Brilliant disciple makers. That's it. I've got it. That's our theme for the year. I've got these guys over here talking to me. It's uh, brilliant disciple makers. And a number of years ago, we engaged with a man called Mac Lake to help us develop a program to develop leaders. Right now across Melbourne and the Sunshine Coast, this year we've been developing, uh, uh, we're up to 76 leaders right now, connect group leaders, team leaders who are, who are developing and apprenticing. And it's a wonderful thing that's happening with our theme for the year of brilliant disciple makers. And uh, the, the joy is, I just want to let you know, this Tuesday night, we have our Dream Team United. It's the first one of the year, seven o'clock here. We'll be praying and worshiping here, praying and worshiping in the building in Melbourne. And then we'll come together and we'll share some news. And then we're going to be hearing from Mac Lake. And Mac is, oh, he's one of my favorite people who talk about how to be a disciple maker, how to really raise people to follow Jesus. And so I really want to encourage you, if this is your church home, you want to know more about our church, or if you're part of the Dream Team, come along this uh, this Tuesday night. We'll be joining together, Melbourne, live together after the prayer and worship. It's going to be awesome. So there we go. That's, that's us. So that's our theme for the year is Brilliant Disciple Makers. But we have a vision as a church. We, we, we've had a vision for many, many years, and I love to restate the vision. The last few years, our vision has been tested. The last few years has been, in my memory, uh, you know, as a 51-year-old, in my memory, the most divisive, 
polarizing season, uh, both in our society and in the church as well. It's been difficult. Uh, some people have left our church because I didn't make a stand demanding different things, demanding firstly that everyone be vaccinated. Some people left our church because I didn't do that. Other people left our church because we didn't defy the government and, and meet when the government said we shouldn't meet and they thought that we should have defied the government. And they've left our church because of that. Other people have felt that we should preach more into political issues about mandates and border closures and other areas and that we should do that. Uh, but I just don't believe that that's what this pulpit is for. I don't believe it's the Jesus way and I don't believe it's the New Testament Bible pattern for a New Testament church. I just, I don't believe when you read the Bible, that's the way the church should be. I believe we should be unified. I believe we should be reaching the world, not turning the world away. Now I'm delighted when members of our church feel called to the different spheres of society. I'm delighted that we've got people involved in government and in the political sphere to be salt and light in that sphere. And I haven't had a chance because I haven't been here, but Terry Young, I know you're here today. A big congratulations for your re-election into the air. Where are you, Terry? Give me a wave somewhere. Congrats to Terry and Alex. That's a wonderful achievement for both of you. And I'm delighted that people in our church feel called to be salt and light into the government and political sphere. But I don't believe we should confuse that with the pulpit and our social media as pastors and the church because I believe we need to preach the gospel. So I'm so proud of you, church. I'm so proud that you've stuck tight, that you've uh, leaned in, that no matter what walk of life you've come from, no matter what your political persuasion is, no matter what your opinions have been, no matter whether you're barrack for Queensland or New South Wales, come on somebody, just saying. That's, you know, no matter whether you're barrack for Carlton or Essendon, sorry guys, just the weekend. No matter what our background is, there's, although we have different backgrounds, opinions and thoughts and ideas, we're not divided by those, but we're united by our love of Jesus and our decisions to worship Him and to love our neighbours and to love our community and to preach the gospel. That's the kind of church we are. And so this is the thing, we don't gather around a gen we don't gather around political parties. We don't gather around ideas. We gather around just one name and one agenda. And the name is Jesus. And the agenda is making disciples. That's what we do. And the way that we say that around here for our vision is we're all about transformed lives. Our vision is transformed lives. It's disciples being made as Jesus is glorified and the church is built. See, we love to see salvations. We love to see rededications. We love to see baptisms and we love to hear testimonies. We love to see people filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues. We love to see people turn from their old way of life because they've been apprehended by Jesus. We love to see people encounter the love of God. And whether it's quiet, weeping or messy, crying, whatever it is, as they encounter the love of God and He gets involved and touches them at their area of need and pain. 
We love to see marriages restored, prodigals return, and families reunited. That's what we love to see. We love to see addictions broken, anxiety and depression defeated, and bodies healed supernaturally. We love to see children who are loved and trained up in God's house. Teenagers having fun, making friends and on fire for Jesus. We love to see the lonely find a family, the, dis the disadvantaged being cared for and people living together in holy community and united. We love to see those who were once selfish learn how to serve others. We love to see those who were once greedy learn how to give and to be generous. We love to see people discover their God-given gifts and to step into their purpose that's holy for their life, the grace of God that's on their life. See, we love to see people grow in their faith, go deeper in the Word and discover a rich and fulfilling prayer life. That's what we love to see. We love to see people who sit in darkness discover a great light. That's our true north. That's our vision. We're here and we're all about transform lives. And turn to your neighbour and say, I'm all in if you love our vision for transform lives. That's why we exist. So we have a vision. We also have a dream. A dream for this next decade. Danielle and I have been the pastors of this church since 2000. I know, you're like, really? Since you were 10? That's incredible. <laughs> for her. And so we, at, when we became the pastors of this church, God spoke to us. Our, our pastor and leader, Pastor Chris Pringle, uh, challenged us to make a commitment to this church. And we've made a life commitment to C3 Powerhouse, uh, to serve and, and love this church. And one day, uh, hand over to the next generation who will lead this church. And, and you'll find me out on the barbecue, flipping sausages. Come on. When I'm 75, I might even run an alpha course if Katrina lets me. I uh, just, you know, I just, we'll be here cheering on and loving our church because we love what God's doing here in this house. And we're building not for our generation, but for generations to come. In 2018, God spoke to me uh, one of those scriptures that has been defining for this decade. It's in Genesis 35, verse 11 and 12. It says, Then God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You will become a great nation, C3 Powerhouse, even many nations, multiplication. Kings will be among your descendants, influencers and entrepreneurs. And I will give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I will give it to you and your descendants after you, generations to come. When God spoke to me about that scripture, it was in a season where prophets were prophesying over our church a new era, that God was moving us to become an apostolic church, a breakthrough church, a, a church planting church, a church of influence and the supernatural and the miraculous. And as God spoke to that, one of the first things we did uh, out of response to that, we changed our name from C3 Kiwana Waters to C3 a powerhouse, a, a prophetic statement about the kind of church that God's called us to be that could be multi-site and multi-generational. 
And out of meditating on that scripture and that thing that God spoke to me for our church over the next couple of years, on the 1st of January in 2020, I, I sat on an airplane flying back from preaching in a dreaming service on New Year's Eve in Sydney. And God, and I talked to people about dreaming for the next decade. And the Lord said, why don't you write down, this prompt in my spirit, write down the dream for the church for the next decade. A dream, not, not like goals, but wouldn't it be great if these things happened? This is what we're hoping, imagining, and it's come out of prayer. And so we wrote and presented this idea of a dream for the decade. And I'm going to read it out to you today because I just, every now and then I like to read it out. And it says this, and some of you, if you know it, Melbourne, you can, you can jump in on the bits you know. Uh, we've got these available for people. It's our, our dream for this decade. But this is what it says, seven key areas. I see our church in a season of revival. Oh. Uh, a powerful move of God with radical salvations, healings, and young people being apprehended for the call of God. I see extraordinary momentum with a thousand people being saved in a year and increasing until one day we see a thousand people saved across a weekend. I'm going to pause between each one. You can give God some praise if you're, you're on board. The second... I see us being a leadership factory, training, raising up, and empowering leaders who are brilliant disciple makers. There is a multiplication of leaders of all ages who are gripped by a strong and unshakable call of God, which causes them to lay down their lives for the gospel. Come on, give some praise to God. We're a leadership factory. I see us established in our new premises on Powell Road. Okay, Melbourne, just for a moment. Uh, we, we own land. We also believe God doesn't want us to build on that land, but some other land on a, on a street called Powell Road, aka Powerhouse, all right? So that's what that means. All right, back to that again. I see us established on our new premises on Powell Road. It's a landmark facility. This will be a demonstration of God's power, a result of a series of miracles that echoes across the nations. The Lord will be glorified for doing exceedingly, abundantly above all we can ask or think. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I see new church locations starting with Melbourne in 2020. Let's go, Melbourne. I'm believing for five new church plants over the course of the decade. The Moors are number two in Auckland. I see these locations supernaturally in their own buildings, 100 New Street, because we first broke through on the Sunshine Coast. I see our church filled with influencers and entrepreneurs, innovative, cutting-edge marketplace leaders who excel in every sphere of society, government, media, sport, entertainment, education, and business. Entrepreneurs who set the standard for business excellence, leadership, and wealth creation. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Many entrepreneurs and influencers in our church. I see our church consistently experiencing powerful healings. There is a Breakthrough anointing. I love that when Danielle clicks her fingers in the video. There's a breakthrough anointing on our church. People get healed in their seats during worship and watching online. People are flying in to be in our services because they've heard miracles are happening at C3 Powerhouse. And all of those things have already happened and we're only getting started. I see, our church, I see us being known for kindness in our community. 
Our reputation is for generosity, compassion, and practical help for those who are in need. I see us, a haven of love, hope, and acceptance for all radiating God's love in our community and beyond. Come on, if you're in for the dream for the decade, give God some praise. Right now, we have a vision. It's transformed lives. We have a dream. It's an audacious dream. It's a, there's some scary thoughts in that dream. But hey, why not dream big together? Why not dream what, beyond what we can do in our own strength, beyond what we can do in our own ability, that the breath of God could come on and do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think. That's how I love when Pastor Trent Membry came last week and on Sunday morning he shared a word for our church about having been hard-pressed over the last three years. And he talked about olive juice, olive oil and wine. I remember the wine part and uh, something else coming out of being squeezed. Oil, there we go. And, I, and the idea was a, such an encouragement for us, I believe, as a church as we enter into a new day. We have been tested. We have been pruned. There has been some, some moments for all of us, I'm sure, where God's been refining the clarity and the purity of His people and His purpose together. And I love that word and encouragement for us. And it reminded me uh, of a scripture that's on my phone, that's my personal scripture for this year that God gave me at the beginning of the year. And I believe it's for us personally, and it's, it's for us as a church. And it says this, Isaiah 48 verse 3, Long ago, I told you what was going to happen. I, I feel like we don't need too many more prophecies. I believe God's told us what His intention is to do. We've been tested. We've been refined. But then suddenly, I love the word suddenly, suddenly I took action and all my predictions came true. Come on, that's a great word of God for us and for our church. It seems to be happening for my football team. So God is at work. Come on, suddenly. Everything I've been saying for the last 15 years is coming true. It's awesome. All right, so we have a vision. We have a dream for our decade. The third thing is we have an eternal focus. An eternal focus. Jesus says these words in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Everybody say treasures in heaven. Come on, Melbourne, say treasures in heaven right now. Those of you who are watching online, put it in the chat. Treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We live in a world that's dominated by materialism. We live in a world that bombards the message, the marketer's message day in, day out, every minute, hour, social media, television, print, signage, you name it, they're everywhere. That's just telling you what you need next, what you need that will make you happy, what you need that will give you fulfillment. And the premise of it is ultimately a lie because there's only a relationship with Jesus Christ will give the ultimate of fulfillment. 
If you're here today or you're watching online or you're sitting in Melbourne and you don't have a relationship with God, then at the end of this service, there'll come a moment for you to begin a connection with God that will fulfill the deepest longing of your soul like nothing else can. And we love to lead you in a prayer that will be a game changer for your life as you connect with Christ. But the world says store up, get more, save more, spend more, hold on. But Jesus flipped it on its head and he said, don't store up on earth. It'll just be corrupted. Here on the Sunshine Coast, it'll rust very quickly. And if you're anywhere near the salts, it'll go just like that. He says, store up treasure in heaven. He says, have an have a eternal focus. A focus that in the scheme of your life and my life, this, this life that we live on earth is so small compared to eternity. And Jesus says, I want you to think about heaven more than you think about this earth. And so it's my job as a pastor and as a leader to echo the words of Jesus and on a regular basis to myself and to our church, to you to use this pulpit as a clarion call. Church, we're only on earth for a short period of time. We will stand before God, we'll live with, with Him forever, those of us who are right with Him, and we'll think about what we did while we're on earth, and we'll wonder, did we do it with eternity at the front of our minds? It's my job to call us out of what the world tries to suck us into of materialism and selfishness. Am I in for us being blessed by our Heavenly Father? You know I am. I, I, I know God wants to bless us when our heart is right, when we're living for eternal purposes. Luke chapter 16 is a proverb that Jesus talked about. He talked about a, a manager of someone who was losing their job and who, who said, I can't work. I only know how to be, do this job. So I'm going to go. And he had the power and the authority and go to all of the debtors who owed the, the, his boss and halved their bills. And the manager, so that when he was finished, they would look after him because he couldn't, he couldn't dig a hole. He said, I, I don't want to beg. And Jesus told this parable about this manager and he said he was, he was wise. And he, he recommended him, although it was dishonest, he recommended the, the, the way that he thought of the wisdom, the way he thought. And then he said this, he used it as an illustration. He said, I tell you, this is Luke 16 verse 9, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. He was essentially saying, you're going to be on this earth for a season of time, but eternity for a long time. So when you're here, use the wealth to make friends, to store up treasure, to win people to Christ. So that when you get to heaven, someone's going to, I'm going to be able to go to Riley's place and she'll go, thank you for storing up treasure on earth and not, not getting that 15th car that you really wanted or whatever it might be. Thank you for investing in the house of God. I'm going to be able to see Peter, who's there in Melbourne, who had dreams that God gave her dreams. She needed to get to church and Peter got to church and she's got saved and on fire to God. And we're going to be able to walk into, into her house or whatever, lounge room in heaven, in the C3 powerhouse suburb. That's not, that's not my theology. That's just a little bit of fun. We're going to be able to walk in there and she'll go, thank you, C3 powerhouse member, for investing in a church plan where my life got saved. Thank you, C3 powerhouse member, for investing in a building where I came and met Christ. 
Why? Because we thought eternally and we stored up treasure in heaven. If this church is your spiritual home and your heart is for the vision of transformed lives, then I just want to encourage you to prayerfully pray, ask God and consider making a giving commitment towards that over the next 12 months above your tithe. Now, for some of you, you're just getting your money world in order according to God's land, and that's, tithing is going to be your next step. So just if that's, if that's your next 12 months, I've never tithed, and I'm going to start to honour God by, by doing that. Awesome. Don't worry too much about vision builders. But if you're a tither, if you're ready, and this is your church, I ask you to be involved. It can be $2 a week, $5 a week, but where your treasure is, your heart is. Connect your treasure and your heart. Set it up so it's just something that you consistently do. Will it take sacrifice? Yes. Will it take commitment? Yes. Will it require faith? Absolutely. Some of you have got the, the gift of giving. The Bible talks about the gift of giving. And some of you have got that gift. And, uh, and we've got this um, a group of people in our church who acknowledge that that's the grace upon their life. And, you know, it's a little bit like the musos. Some people have got the gift of singing. And so we let them sing, but we still all sing. Right? We don't come to church and go, thank God they're up there. We sing. And so they, they really steward the grace and the gift on their life. But all of us sing because singing gives glory to God and does something for our heart. And it's the same with giving. Some people have got the grace of giving on their life. And we probably have 80 to 100 people who give between $5,000 and $100,000 a year towards our, our vision builders. It's incredible. And, and we, you know, we try to really encourage, just as we work to encourage the musicians in their grace and gift and others in their grace and gift, we try to encourage those who have got the gift of giving, who are, and we call it a group called Vision Investors, and sort of the entry point of that to $5,000. For the last 20 years, Danielle and I personally have been in that group of people, giving between you know, the five, dollars $10,000 and $60,000 for us personally. Last year, we gave $20,000. Uh, I'm not going to ask anybody to do something that we're not prepared to personally do ourselves and to lead by example. So that's if you feel the, the grace of the gift of giving on your life. Stretch into that and meet God in that. But if, if that's not the grace, don't just sit back and go, oh, well, let the singers sing and the givers give because that would be a terrible place to be. Engage your heart. What can you do? How can you be involved? And so we're going to pray about this together right now. So let's close our eyes. Melbourne, Sunshine Coast. Father, I pray right now. Lord, you say you love a cheerful giver. Not one who's giving under compulsion. So Lord, I release every person here today from any compulsion. They don't have to give. And I ask Holy Spirit for those, this is their home. They love the vision. They want to be involved. I ask today, Holy Spirit, for the prompting of how much to give and how to do it. So that you would be glorified. That lives would be transformed. That your church would be built for the glory of God. 
I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Church, we love you. God bless you. Thank you. Melbourne, going to hand you back uh, to your host right now to lead you through the rest of the service. God bless you. Have a great morning. Those of you online, I know a number of our members, often you can't make it, you're away or you're not well and you're with us online. Stay and be involved in this next part of the service. God bless you and I'm handing over to Teresa. Thank you.